The Library by Francis Rosenfeld Eighth Scene How did you end up here? She asked number five, in a daze, realizing the inappropriate nature of the question before she had the time to call it back. It was no business of hers how these men ended up in the middle of the desert, enacting classic tragedies in the original Greek, and she would have been offended if they questioned her choices. In fact, she wouldn't have known how to answer such a question. People always like to believe they have reasons for doing things, and were they to explain themselves, they would gladly volunteer the logic of their circumstances, but that's all self-delusion. We all make our choices before we even think about them, and fill in the blanks with reasons after the fact in order to explain them to ourselves. Thankfully society gives us a pass on explaining our emotions, because we'd have a bear of a time shoving those into a logical frame. Number five watched her fret with embarrassment, strangely poised, as if he was waiting for the fussing to subside before he gave her an answer. That question is a lot more interesting than you think, and much broader. First, you have to assume the existence of free will for it to even make sense. What do you mean? Gwen gave him a blank stare. Never mind, that's a discussion for another time. So, let's assume free will. Obviously, nobody gets lost in the desert and then stranded in the only part of it compatible with survival on purpose. So, whatever my original intent was, the outcome doesn't match it. For some strange reason, humans are blind to the larger entity they are the one constantly transformed by the passing of time and only see themselves in slices, in the here and now, and act as if their current circumstances are immovable. What do you remember about your life from, say, five years ago? Gwen saw herself carrying boxes to her dorm room, both excited and tense about college, not knowing what to expect, a very different person from the jaded graduate who left civilization behind in search of higher meaning. What on earth was she thinking? Exactly. Number five read her mind. If life makes any sense at all, it's in retrospect, with the benefit of perspective. Understand you're not the same person you were five years ago, and neither am I, and you're asking me to pick some other person's mind and inquire about his reasons. You've been here for five years, Gwen thought. Shocked, I might as well be dead. I'm never getting out of here. Number five chuckled. Young people perceive time differently. How old do you think I am? Gwen shuffled, embarrassed, determined to avoid answering and shrugged to make herself smaller. Once you pass the three digits, decades just start blending into each other. To tell you the truth, young lady, life is not that imaginative. Now he's pulling my leg. Serves me right for asking stupid questions. So, let's say you've been here for 300 years. Unspoken red flowed like ice through Gwen's veins, and she froze at the possibility. It may very well be you won't be able to remember what brought you to this place. And even if you do, it doesn't matter. Whatever portion of living you can assign to the before is insignificant by comparison and you can't take it seriously as a causative factor. That's the biggest crock. Language. Number five protested. Let's say I remember how I ended up here. 
I'm not really sure here exists in the objective. Maybe our perceptions of reality stream from our own consciousness, from a mental model we believe in and hold steadily in our minds. Gwen caught herself before thinking nonsense and argued politely. If you're caught in a dream, it's a shared one. I can see the same world you do. How can you be sure of that? How wise our instincts are. She knew the second the question left her lips it would not take her anywhere constructive. And she was correct. All without a bit of reasoning. Fine, let's say this place is real, in an objective sense, and we all perceive it in the same way. I still don't know how I got here. I can tell you the circumstances conducive to this trip to the desert, but after getting baked alive in the sun, without water, the details get a little fuzzy. You weren't really here for 300 years, were you? She joked. It would be impossible to tell. Have you seen any clocks around? It sure felt like it. I used to be a professor of archaeology and came to Sedona with a team to explore a dig. Sounds pretty banal, doesn't it? He sketched an ironic smile. So, what happened to them? I suppose they're asking themselves what happened to me, if they're still alive. It's been a very long time. How did you get separated? I glimpsed something extraordinary, something that reason couldn't explain and wanted to get a better look. It was just past a double rock formation that looked like a gate. A very particular configuration I was sure was used as a landmark, but somehow after I passed it I never found it again. The rock formation, Gwen gasped. So help me, if you tell me I crossed through some sort of gateway between realities, I'll forget all my civility and decorum and slap you silly. There is such a thing as getting disoriented, it's not that hard, look at this place. He pointed at the nondescript nature of their surroundings. You don't need supernatural intervention to get lost. Gwen's face betrayed disappointment. You were hoping for some epic story, weren't you? Life-altering events rarely announce themselves as such. Everything I thought important vanished the moment I walked into that gorge. And the person I was then vanished with it as well. There's some inertial drag to one's old self but even the most stubborn must accept the inevitability of change. Maybe it was meant to be, Gwen whispered softly. I thought we were going to have the discussion about free will at some other time. See, I don't believe in fate either. It requires a special kind of hubris to assume there is a God who has a plan for you, and you're the favorite subject of his love and attention. We're all trains on a track, my dear caught in an implacable game of causes and effects and no event, no matter how small, is inconsequential. What's the difference between causality and fate? One is an understanding of patterns and phenomena. The other is an egomaniacal delusion. I believe in God, Gwen confessed. Good for you, and yet, here you are. Forgive me for asking, but if reality, hypothetically, is only a projection of your consciousness. Why would you choose to make it look like this? Ha, huh? assuming free will again, what makes you think the contents of my consciousness are of my choosing? Whose, then? Gwen asked, bewildered. Number five shrugged. Do you have control over every thought that passes through your head, that falling backwards has to end somewhere? If my thoughts are someone else's, 
then that someone is in control. It can't be infinite regress. You're the one who believes the infinite exists. What does that have to do with anything? Gwen lost her temper and immediately regretted it. You know what? Number five called recess. Forget about matter and consciousness. The sun is setting and we have to gather the eggs. One can't live on bread alone, he joked, but stopped teasing her when he saw the shocked expression on her face. Seriously, eggs. Gwen started looking for the treasured delicacy in nooks and crannies, wondering where did the chickens go all day. They never seemed to be around, and the desert wasn't enticing enough to lure them away. Every Tuesday, when they had to bring them inside the house, there were so many of them they made the atmosphere simply unbreathable. And yet, most of the time, there was no trace of their existence anywhere. A little smile of triumph lit up her face when she discovered a hidden nest with several large eggs. Some were still warm, so she figured the chickens who laid them must not be far. And then a higher wisdom hit her like thunder. Here she was, removed from civilization, pondering the egg-laying habits of feral chickens, in the company of seven strangers very fond of home-brewed liquor and botanicals. It felt too unlikely her current circumstances just happened. Her old life she had to admit, with a shudder, that she had lost track of that persona already did not include foul or philosophy. She tried very hard to remember what used to interest her, what she found important, what drove her here, and she remembered everything, but it felt like looking into the mind of a stranger with whom she had no rapport. Everything she studied and everything she thought took second fiddle to her egg hunt now, and while she was mad about being reduced to manual labor, she didn't find her former intellectual pursuits worth the time she had devoted to them, either. We just find ways to fill our days, number five said kindly. What's important is to enjoy whatever activity you're engaged in. That's the saddest thing I ever heard, Gwen replied, on the verge of tears. Why do anything if it doesn't matter? Who said it doesn't matter? You confuse transience with futility. Remind me to talk to you about the difference sometime. Can we at least cook the eggs this time? I don't think I can eat raw eggs again. She sniffled in a manner unbecoming a sophisticated intellectual in search of higher meaning. Of course, he agreed, we can boil them over there. He pointed to a large campfire surrounded by thick smoke and copious laughter, and Gwen couldn't help wonder whether the active ingredient in that smoke could pass through the shells. 